Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Marinero, it's The Sick Podcast. On the agenda today for all sports fans, a little bit of everything. We're going to cover football. We're going to cover basketball. We're going to cover hockey. We're going to cover soccer. We're going to give you power rankings in the NFL. We're going to give you our NFL sick picks. And by the way, last week we gave you winners. How many games did I pick? I picked four. What was my record? Four no. Thank you very much. You can send a commission check to me. I'm Tony Marinero. This is the Sick Podcast. Where do we start? Let's start with Lamar Jackson. I've been talking to you about him all season long. Why? Because I'm not going to lie to you. He's become my favorite player, not only in the NFL, he's become my favorite player to watch in all of pro sport. I love watching Lionel Messi. The guy goes around people like they're not even there. He dribbles. The ball sticks to his foot. It's been fun. He's great. He's a phenom, arguably the best of all time. I get it. Cristiano Ronaldo is a machine. He takes care of his body. He goes to the gym. He scores goals. He's one of the greatest of all time. I love watching him too. The NBA is my favorite sport to watch. The most exciting. From a spectator's point of view, from a fan point of view, from an entertainment point of view, my favorite league. And so many of my favorite stars. I love watching Kawhi Leonard play basketball. I love watching LeBron James play basketball. I love watching Steph Curry, Paul George, Anthony Davis, the Greek Freak, We can go on and on. I can name you uh, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving. The list goes on and on. I love watching Connor McDavid do things in the National Hockey League at high speed and score goals, and he comes in close into the goal, and he's able to slow it down, and he's able to just take the puck and lob it over the goalies and make it look easy. But Lamar uh, Jackson has become my favorite professional athlete to watch. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because he's able to win games on his own. He's able to match up against the best of their profession and top their performance. And if you think about the NFL, think about this for a second. It's a quarterback league. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson. The Houston Texans have Deshaun Watson. The New England Patriots have Tom Brady. The Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers. 
The New Orleans Saints have Drew Brees. The Kansas City Chiefs have Pat Mahomes. The list goes on and on, right? The San Francisco 49ers have Jimmy G right now. It's a quarterback league. So the quarterbacks are the ones that most impact the game. So far this season, he's played versus Russell Wilson, who I forgot to mention, who I shouldn't have forgot to mention because he's up there in the MVP discussion. He's played versus Tom Brady, and he's played versus Deshaun Watson, for example. And he's beat all three of them this season. Think about that. He's beat all three of them. How much football does this guy have in him? Last year, and he missed some games. And this season. This guy's still young. This guy rushes for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 yards. On a couple of occasions, he's had over 100. On one occasion, I think he had 120. On one occasion, I think he had 150 rushing yards. And I think he's got close to 1,500 rushing yards so far since he's been in the National Football League. More and more kids are going to go out and they're going to buy that number eight. This guy here, when was the last time you saw a quarterback do a 180? When was the last time you saw a quarterback do a spinorama? When was the last time you saw a quarterback with the athleticism that Lamar Jackson has? And people have talked about Randall Cunningham, and they've talked about Steve Young, and they've, they've talked about you know, Frank Tarkenton, and they've talked about Michael Vick. Who was the most exciting quarterback in the league before Lamar Jackson? Whoever it was, they're not Lamar Jackson. Take a look at his size, his strength, his athleticism, his arm, his passing, his vision, his imagination, his creativity. These are the reasons why I love this guy. It's no mistake that the Baltimore Ravens have become, by odds makers, the maybe odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. And there's no reason why there's a, another, there's a sporting website, a betting website out there that is already paying out people who have money on Lamar Jackson. So once again, for me, he's the athlete I most enjoy watching. He's absolutely fantastic. He's the MVP in the NFL. The player I most enjoyed watching in the NFL, and there were a couple, right? But before Lamar Jackson, it was Deion Sanders, right? He had that. He had that it factor, right? That it factor. There's not too many guys that have it, right? Lamar Jackson has it. And I know guys that have the it factor. I can tell you for a fact who has it because I have it. But anyway, we're going to move on from Lamar Jackson. But I'm telling you right now, think about what he did this year versus Russell Wilson versus Tom Brady and versus Deshaun Watson. They just, he and the Baltimore Ravens, just dismantled the Houston Texans. They beat them easily. They crushed them. 41-7. to 41-7. His stats, 17 of 24. Okay, that's okay. 222 yards. Four touchdowns. Not too shabby, eh? 86 rushing yards. That was in week 11. A couple of weeks back, week 9. 37-20 over Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. 17 of 23, 163 yards passing, one touchdown, 61 yards rushing. And in week seven versus Russell Wilson's Seattle Seahawks, 30 to 16 over the Seahawks, 
He wasn't great at 9 for 20. I get it. 143 yards. He didn't even pass for a touchdown. But he had 116 yards rushing and a touchdown. He always finds a way to beat you. This guy here is the best right now. He's the MVP. He's the guy I most enjoy love. I most enjoy watching play. It's Lamar Jackson. So that's where you know, our NFL discussion is going to start, and that's where it's going to end. But by now and the end of the show, I want to let you know we have our NFL power rankings and we have our NFL sick picks for week 12. Where else are we going to go? Let's move on from football for now. And let's go to basketball. I can't even believe that this story is getting print. I can't believe that people are talking about this. I can't believe it was a question that was asked. I, I, I can't believe it. I don't even know why people are wasting their time. What am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, the question asked to Jonas Valanciunas. Did you hear it? I don't know who asked it, but it was asked. Now, just so we go back. Valanciunas back in February of 2019, along with C.J. Miles and Deion Wright, were traded from the Raptors to the Memphis Grizzlies. Remember that deal? It's the deal that brought Marc Gasol to the Toronto Raptors, who, of course, was so instrumental in their championship. A big man. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was great in shutting down the opposition, in defending, in blocking, in everything. He was... One of the missing pieces to the puzzle. They went out, they got him, he did the job. Fast forward now. June of 2019. After disposing of Orlando in round one, and Kawhi at the buzzer over Joel Embiid in game seven versus Philadelphia, and then shutting down and outplaying the Greek freak, and then on to the NBA final, versus the Golden State Warriors, the Toronto Raptors won their first ever NBA championship. That happened in uh, June of 2019, precisely the 14th of June. So now, a reporter goes up to Valanchunas and he asks him, what do you think that um, the Raptors are not giving you an NBA ring, a championship ring? And he says, well, you know, that's, that's up to them. There's nothing I can do about it. It's up to the Memphis Grizzlies at this point. Uh, you know, I, or I'm concentrating, pardon me, I'm, my, my, uh, my focus is on the, the Memphis Grizzlies at this point, and the, my focus is on them. I'm concentrating on the job I have at hand with them, and if the Raptors wanted to give me a ring, they would have gave me a ring, and they don't want to give me a ring, and that's fine, and that's their choice, and it's their prerogative, and he's doing it, and you, and you could tell he's not happy, right? So he's not saying, he's not saying that he's upset at the Raptors, but you could tell that he would have wanted a championship ring. Like, you could tell. All you got to do is just watch the video, right? Is this a joke? No, no, but really, though, is this a joke? I, have, I, I can't believe this was asked. I can't believe it's discussed. A championship ring for what? He left or was traded in February. Between February and middle of June, there was a lot of basketball that was played. The Toronto Raptors won a lot of big games down the stretch and in the playoffs and in the final. And they won them without Jonas Valanciunas. Why is this being... I can't believe this. Like, what are we going to do here? I've never seen this before in the world of sport. So a sports team trades a player. He goes to another team. 
and then they end up winning the championship and they give them a ring? Only in Toronto do these things come up. Only in Toronto. It's like, it's like the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And not only that, why would he even want it? Like, if he's going to sell it on eBay, that's fine, right? But if you're not going to sell, if he's going to melt the gold, right? And he's going to go see his jeweler and he's going to say, hey, uh, are you buying gold? And the jeweler's going to say, yeah, of course I'm buying gold because nowadays everyone's buying gold, right? It's a, it's worth a lot of money and it's a, it costs so much to sell that stuff. Everybody's buying gold, right? Now, now, between you and I, I don't think he needs the money, right? I think basketball players, they make a pretty good living. But what would you do with a ring like that? You, you, you put it in a case, you, you mount it, you put it in your office, you put it in your room, you, you hang it up. What do you do with it? You wear it to galas? Hey, man, that's, that's an amazing NBA championship ring. Yeah, yeah. Who did you win the championship with? Well, um, this is a Toronto Raptors championship ring. Uh, they won the championship in 2019, and, uh, and I played for them for many years. Oh, okay, so you, you played on that championship team. Well, well, no, not really. Um, back in February, uh, I was traded with two other guys uh, to Memphis. And uh, so the guy that uh, went from Memphis to Toronto, he actually played on that championship team. This is, this, is the, this is the stupidest thing I have ever heard in my life. Honestly, I don't even know how it came up. Oh, you want to know why it came up? Actually, I'm going to tell you why it came up. It came up because the Toronto Raptors gave a championship ring to Drake, and they gave a championship ring to their super fan, Nat Badia. All right? So because they got a ring, now it became a story in Toronto. Oh, how do you feel that they got a ring and you didn't get one? Look, I gotta tell you this. Whether they deserve to get a ring or not, that, that's, that's another story, right? It has nothing to do with Jonas Valanciunas. Now, do I think those guys should have got a ring? Personally, no. With all due respect to Nat Badia, who's been a season ticket holder since the mid-90s, right? And has never missed a game, never been late for a game, didn't go to birthday parties, didn't celebrate anniversaries because of his love for the Raptors. And two season tickets went to four, went to six, went to eight, went to 10, went to 12, went to 14, and went to 16. And he's given them a lot of his money. And he's stuck by that team through thick and thin. I tip my hat. I think it's an I think it's an awesome thing. All right. I think it's an awesome thing. I think he's an awesome fan. I've talked to him before. I think he's an awesome person. Am I happy that he got his ring? I'm very happy for him, right? Once again, do I think he should have got a ring? I don't think so. Because I'm of the school that if you're gonna get a championship ring, it's because you were a part of that team. You were a part of that team on the court. Your blood, sweat, and tears, you went to battle with those guys. Whether you're a starter or whether you're off the bench, you went to battle. You were a part of that team. You were a player on that team. That's the way I see it, okay? Drake, ambassador to the team. He's a big name. He's a brand. He's a global brand. He's got a huge following. He brings attention to the Toronto Raptors. And maybe there's even people out there that were looking for a basketball team to support and cheer for, and they ended up cheering for the Raptors. Because they love Drake. I can understand all that. Give Drake and Nat Badia. Give them a plaque. Give them a jersey. Have it autographed by the team. Put it in a frame. Give them a key to the city. Do whatever you want. Personally, I wouldn't have given them a ring. But I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Because I'm sure they're both real good guys. 
and they both do a lot in the community, and they both do a lot for charity. So you know what? You want to give them the ring? That's fine. But Valanchunas, I don't care if they gave Nabadi a ring. I don't care if they gave Drake a ring. The fact that this even... And by the way, it's not Valanchunas either who's saying that he wants a ring. But once again, if you listen to what he says, to the way he answered the questions, it's up to them. He should say, when an athlete says it's up to them, you know what it means? It means he's in disagreement. Because if an athlete thought it would be a bad idea for him to get the ring or didn't think he deserved the ring, he would come out and he would say, listen, I honestly believe that the ring should go to the players that are part of that championship team. We're on that championship team and we're part of that championship. I was traded away midseason. I didn't go to battle with the guys between the middle of February and the middle of June. I don't deserve the ring. When he doesn't come out, the fact that he didn't come out and say that leads me to believe that he wanted the ring. Sorry, Jonas. You don't deserve the ring. CJ Miles, you don't deserve the ring. Dion Wright, you don't deserve the ring. And because everything happens in Toronto, right? From Toronto in basketball, we go to Toronto in hockey. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have fired Mike Babcock. Here's the guy who uh, was with the uh, Detroit Red Wings for the longest time. Uh, here's a guy who uh, broke the bank with the Toronto Maple Leafs because they signed him to an eight-year deal, $50 million. Good for him. And how long did he last? He lasted four years and uh, just over a quarter of the season. The Toronto Maple Leafs have played 23 games thus far this season. Where are they in the standings? Here's a team. Here's a team that has all the firepower in the world, right? John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Nylander, Kapanen's got talent, Morgan Riley on defense, they picked up Tyson Barry. Here's a team that has a lot of speed, a lot of talent, they're supposed to score a lot of goals. Mike Babcock has a reputation. Anyone who has coached Canada at the Olympics before and coached them to Olympic gold, like a lot of people, like some very important people must think you're a pretty good coach to choose you to be that guy to lead Canada at the Olympics. But let me ask you this. When did Mike Babcock coach Canada at the Olympics? Was it last year? Was it the year before? Was it the year before that? When was the last time that Mike Babcock coached a team that actually went far in the playoffs? Because at the end of the day, right, you're only as good as your last game. You're only as good as your last win, right? It doesn't matter what he did in the past, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right? Six or seven years ago, I weighed 200 pounds, right? I don't weigh 200 pounds anymore, right? So it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what happened in the past. What matters is right now, the present day. So I'm going to tell you about Mike Babcock and his record. Mike Babcock has been with the Toronto Maple Leafs for once again, just over four seasons. In his first season, he missed the playoffs. In his second season, he got eliminated in round one. In his third season, he got eliminated in round one. In his fourth season, he got eliminated in round one. Every time he ends up playing the Boston Bruins and every time he goes out. This year, they go into the season and after, you know, having a very, very long offseason and his general manager going out and making moves to try and improve his team, his team is supposed to be better, but they're not. They're not in the top three. They're not in the top six. They're not in the top eight in the East. You need to be in the top eight to be in a playoff spot. Right now, they're outside of a playoff spot. Not only are they outside of a playoff spot, right? There's five teams in the East that have scored more goals than them. 
And there's only one team in the East that has given up more goals than them. They've given up 81 goals in 23 games. They're a disaster to watch. A disaster. And their defensive coverage is a disaster. Their defense is a disaster. The shots they give up are a disaster. The scoring chances against are a disaster. And their last six games, which have been six consecutive losses, are a disaster. So they bite the bullet. And they got to pay Mike Babcock for the next three and a half years. But it doesn't matter, right? Because MLSC money has never been a problem and most likely never will. So they fired him. And a lot of people are going to agree with this because the team was not responding. The team was losing. The team wasn't playing good hockey. Uh, the best players weren't playing their best hockey. The team was out of a playoff spot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some people are going to agree with it. And some people are going to disagree because Babcock's a big name, big name from the past and all that stuff. Here's the bottom line besides all of that, right? If I didn't convince you already that this was a good move, here's the bottom line. Is that they had a guy waiting in the wings, Sheldon Keith, who's coaching the Toronto Marlies, who has been there, I think this was his fifth season. Twice he lost in round three. Once he lost in round two. Once he won the championship. And this year, I think his team was at a percentage, a winning percentage of like 780 or something like that. And there's a lot of guys that he coached on the farm that he helped develop to make it into the big leagues. Like uh, Janssen is one, uh, Kapanen is another, uh, Gautier is another, uh, Dermot is another, um, and uh, Zach Hyman is another, and the list goes on and on. You can't keep a guy like that, who's one of the best coaches, not in the National Hockey League, you can't keep him to coach your American Hockey League team forever. At a certain point, the way the young players go from the American Hockey League to the National Hockey League, the young players have to go, or the young coaches have to go from the American Hockey League to the National Hockey League as well. The problem with Babcock is that hockey changed over the years. Take a look at the way the game changed. There's been a constant evolution, and he hasn't been able to evolve with the times and with the game at the speed that it's been evolving. He's evolving, but not at the speed that he needs to evolve. So... You know what? This will be an opportunity for him to take a step back, to um, to take a look at what's going on, to take a look at what he did right, to take a look at what he did wrong, to take a look at what he needs to do better, and he needs to reinvent himself. Mike Babcock is Jose Mourinho, with the difference that Mourinho has had more success with more teams and has been with more teams. Jose Mourinho was just appointed... Uh, the new coach of Tottenham. And it's a very Tottenham Hotspurs. And it's a very similar situation to Babcock. Think about it, right? Pochettino was there for five and a half years. Babcock was in Toronto for four and a half years. And uh, and Sheldon Keefe replaces Babcock. And Mourinho, Mourinho, who's been out of the game now for a while, after things went a little sour with Manchester United, he had a chance to see exactly what went wrong. He had a chance to scout. He had a chance to talk. He had a chance to educate himself. He had a chance to watch more video. He had a chance to take a look at other players. He had a chance to take a look at coaches, assistant coaches. And he comes in now, and he's the new coach of Tottenham. After, in 2015, he said he never coached Tottenham, uh, Tottenham but it, it just goes to show you that, uh, you know what, anything's possible in life. We know this. He loves the EPL. He wanted to stay in England, and ideally he wanted to stay in London. And he gets the opportunity to do so.
Now, is he going to win? I don't know. We'll see. What's interesting is that Rui Faria, who would forever was his assistant coach with Real Madrid and with Manchester United and with Chelsea and with Porto and with Inter Milan, is no longer his assistant coach because he's coaching in Qatar. So he brings in uh, a new assistant coach who's going to be able to help him with the tactics, Joao Sacramento. So uh, we'll see. He has to reinvent himself. We'll see early on if he does. I hope he does, and I hope he wins, and I hope for the same thing for Mike Babcock. Mike, this time away from the game will help you take a look at what's going on, what you did wrong, and you're going to have to come back, and you're going to have to reinvent yourself. That's what you're going to have to do. Speaking of soccer, as we continue, how about in Montreal, where the Montreal impact of fire Thierry Henry? A lot of opinions on that. Because he had one experience as a head coach in soccer. He coached Monaco. He was there for about three and a half months. He coached 20 games. He only won four of them. I say this. You take a look at the boxes. Montreal, French speaking. Thierry Henry, French international. Fully bilingual. Checks that box. Brand name. Never hurts. It checks a box. Global name. Checks a box. He's going to bring a lot of notoriety to the club. Now, where did Thierry Henry play? Monaco in France. Juventus in Italy. Barcelona in Spain. Arsenal in England. Now, think of all the players that he played against. Think of all the managers he came across. Think of all the agents he dealt with. Think of all the scouts. Think of everyone in the world of soccer, right? Those guys, they're all in his iPhone. Everyone. So the Montreal Impact that had a scouting network maybe of Italy because the owner owns the Bologna FC team as well, right? And maybe outside of Italy and maybe in North America because of the MLS. Think of the way the tentacles have branched out now. And think of the way the scouting network has expanded, right? Not to mention that Thierry Henry also played in the MLS from 2010 to 2014, so that he has knowledge of the league. So he checks those boxes as well. Here's the challenge, though. The challenge is he doesn't have a lot of experience as a head coach. That's the big challenge. That's number one. Why? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of former players, their first coaching experience that they have they're unable or they have difficulty transitioning from player to coach. And in my opinion, for what it's worth, that's the biggest challenge that he had at Monaco. He was still a player and not a coach. So he spoke to other players like he was a player and he spoke to them not like he was a coach. And so how do, what do you do to fix this? Maybe he learned from that experience. He's going to be able to fix it on his own. Two things have to happen here. Listen carefully. Number one, he's going to have to surround himself. He's going to have to bring in somebody that has a tremendous amount of experience whose strengths are actually his weaknesses. That's number one. Number two, my message goes out to the Montreal Impact. You brought in Thierry Henry. It's a big name. A lot of people think you brought him in just because he's a big name. A lot of people think you hired the player and not hired the coach because the coach had one experience as from a head coaching point of view, and he didn't enjoy success, unfortunately, he failed. 
This is what you're going to have to do. I know it's important for you to want to win. You haven't won in a while. You missed the playoffs three straight years. And I know it's important for you because you really want to see Kerry on re-win. This is a big decision that you guys made, and you want to see that decision pay off. You need to get him the players. This guy has a standard that is top. This guy was excellent when he played. We're talking about one of the best strikers to ever play the game. If you're not going to give him players, you can bring in Thierry Henry, you can bring in Mourinho, you can bring in Guardiola, you can bring in whoever you want. Your standard of play is going to go up, but at the end of the day, it's the players that have to go out and have to execute. They either got it or they don't. So, in wrapping up there, Thierry, bring in a very experienced assistant coach, very experienced, and learn from him. And Montreal Impact, get them the players. You can spend money on the coach all you want, and maybe you're going to sell some season tickets because of it. But at the end of the day, the fans come to see the players, and the players are the product, and the players are the ones that make you win soccer games. And that's it in the world of soccer. Back to football we go. We take a look at the NFL Power Rankings. We don't care if you agree or disagree. Here are our power rankings on the Sick Podcast. Five to one. Are you ready? Going into week 12. I'm going to go at number five, the New Orleans Saints. A record of eight and two. Their last win was 34-17 versus the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Saints at number five. At number four, the San Francisco 49ers. A record of nine and one. I have them at number four. Others may have them better than that. I have them at four because I wasn't totally convinced with last week's win versus the Cardinals. And the week before that, they lost versus the Seattle Seahawks. But I have them at number four. At number three, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. A record of eight and two. They're coming off a bye. And I have them ahead of San Francisco because a couple of weeks ago, they beat San Francisco. At number two, the New England Patriots. A record of 9-1. and one. They, too, are coming off of a big win versus the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 17-10. They only have one loss on the season, and so I have them at number two. At number one is a team that has lost twice. I get it, but the Baltimore Ravens have a record of 8-2. and two. I told you Lamar Jackson beat Deshaun Watson this year. He beat Russell Wilson this year. He beat Tom Brady this year. They dismantled the New England Patriots by a score of 37-20. to 20. And for those reasons, the Baltimore Ravens are number one in my NFL power ranking. It's time to get rich with our sick picks on the Sick Podcast. And now it's time for me to make you make a little bit of money, right? I did last week. Hopefully you were listening to me. People were asking me, Tony, we want some winners in the National Football League. So I said, all right, you know what? How many games do you want? You want four games? I'll give you four games. I gave you four winners and you made some money. So now people are asking me, saying, hey, can you give us as many winners as possible? How about every single game? So we're going to go every single game. Are you ready? Week 12, sick picks in the National Football League. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. I love the way Atlanta's played over the past couple of weeks. Their offense has come alive. They're playing at home. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. Denver at Buffalo. Folks, this is not going to be easy. But because I'm not on the fence and I have to give you a winner, I will. I love the way Denver played last week versus the Vikings. They probably should have won that game. Buffalo at home, though. With their defense, at home in front of their fans, give me the Bills to win this one in what I think is going to be a very, very close football game. The Giants and Chicago. I don't know if I trust either team, to tell the truth, because Giants have a quarterback who fumbles the ball, and Chicago doesn't have a quarterback. 
But what they do have is a defense, and a defense that I think is going to stifle the Giants. Give me Chicago once again to also win a very close football game. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Pittsburgh are missing some players, but Cincinnati hasn't won a game all season, and I don't see them beating a Pittsburgh team that has been pretty hot in the last four or five weeks. Give me the Steelers. Miami at Cleveland. Uh, two teams that are not very good, but in the pound, give me the Browns. Carolina and New Orleans are going with Drew Brees there and the New Orleans Saints. Oakland at the Jets. The Oakland Raiders have been hot. The worst of their schedule is a thing of the past. When was the last time that the Jets won two or three games in a row? No, no, no. Give me the Oakland Raiders. Detroit at Washington with Stafford or without Stafford, it's going to be the Lions that are going to win. Seattle at Philadelphia. In a battle of the quarterbacks, Carson Wentz hasn't delivered this year. Russell Wilson has. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. Jacksonville at Tennessee. I love Tennessee in their last game. I'm going to ride them again at home. Dallas at New England, Sunday night in Foxborough in New England. Give me the Patriots to win that one. Green Bay at San Francisco, Aaron Rodgers versus the best defense, pass defense in the league. I get it, but the Packers are coming off a bye, and they can run the ball too. Give me the Packers to win in San Francisco, and I'm not going against Lamar Jackson. Give me Baltimore to beat the Rams. Those are my winners for the NFL Sick Picks of Week 12. You've been listening to the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. Until we do it again. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next week. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. <laughs>